Hey everybody, I just wanted to jump in super quick and interrupt your amazing episode by saying Merry Christmas! It is that time of year. Depending on when you listen to this episode, it may be a little bit scary to go, oh crap, Christmas is here. But I just wanted to jump in to say thank you to everyone who has helped build the Fitness Genie to what it is today. We would honestly not be where we are without all of your support. So for everyone listening who has commented, liked posts, listened to the podcast, referred friends or family, even just spoken about us in passing, or even just shared something to your story or just in general. On behalf of Team Fitness Genie, thank you for an amazing year. I hope Santa brings you everything that you need. See what I did there? And you managed to get some time off and recharge. We'll be shutting things down from the 17th of December, but we will be back on the 8th of January and getting straight into our 2024 challenge intake and starting with all of the clients that have signed up from the Black Friday sale. Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, and we will see you in 2024. Everybody, hope you're doing amazing. We are back with another one. Um, today, I don't even know what I'm going to title this or call it, but I have sort of three things that I want to talk about. If it ends up going over time on like one of the particular topics, I'll just turn it into a different podcast. But there's sort of three things that I want to talk about, which are like removing time barriers, how to never fail, and then just set better goals. Focus on ones you can actually influence. So I think I'm going to start with the set better goals because that's fresh. That's fresh in my mind because I've put it in my book. Um, and obviously just finished writing part of my book, obviously. Um, not that you would even know that because you're listening to this, but it's apparently obvious <laughs> according to me. So therefore it must be. Um, all right. So a lot of people set the goals as um, losing 10 kilos. Let's just say that. If hmm, a lot of people set their goals as like the end result that they're looking for, but how you get there is not exactly focusing on the end result. The end result is north on a compass it's to let you know where you're going if you're trending in the right direction if you are actually wanting to go north whatever it is it's giving you the clarity over what direction do we want to go that's what the end result is for the goals that i actually want you to set are the goals that you can directly influence because otherwise it feels like the 9.9 kilos in order to get the first 10 kilos in order to get the 10 kilos feels like it's fucking pointless and if you're in a pretty aggressive deficit if you're doing a crash diet if there's something that just doesn't work for you if you have to pause weight loss to protect your mental, emotional health, it's going to feel like you're failing because you set the end result as I want to lose 10 kilos. And how is like not losing weight, like choosing to not lose weight? How is that helping me get to the end goal of losing 10 kilos? It's going to contradict. And it's also one of the big reasons why a lot of people sign up with us is because on our very first call, I say, if you, and that's obviously not, but I reinforce it. If you are displaying any sort of red flags, in terms of burnout or repeating any behaviors that are becoming sort of a crash diet, I'm going to pull you out of that deficit and I'm going to put things in place to make sure that you're feeling good mentally, emotionally, physically. And then when you are, then we can go back into the deficit and focus on fat loss. Otherwise, it, we're just going to do the exact same shit that we've always done, which is, no, I really want to hit this goal, but it's so far away and I've lost five kilos so far. And if I feel terrible at five kilos and it's been, let's say, a month and a half, two months, do I really want to feel like shit for the next month and a half, two months to try and get that weight loss to happen? And then if you are tracking your weight, you may notice that you lost three kilos in the first, uh, you lost three kilos in the first month, but two kilos in the last month, the most recent month. So then you go, oh my God, my weight loss is slowing down. Does that mean I'm going to lose a kilo in a month after? Does it mean I'm going to lose two kilos? Should I go into more of a deficit to try and get the three back so I get there quicker? 
there's a lot of guesswork that comes into hitting that end result when the focus points should not be the end result. It is, it, it just shouldn't. You can't influence 10 kilos. Over time, yeah, if you, if you ate 1,200 calories, if you smashed a hit session at the gym and had your water, tried to get decent sleep, did all the things correctly, you could wake up tomorrow 400 grams heavier on the scale. And it starts, oh my God, I did all the right things. Why the fuck are the scales not going down? What is happening? And I've had clients before that have eaten 2,000, I was about to say 2,000 kilos, have eaten 2,000 calories on a rest day and they've woken up 700 grams lighter. It doesn't make sense for people that don't exactly know what's going on with these scales because most people have heard being a calorie deficit, that means you'll get weight loss. Do that until you hit your goal and then you'll be fine. Most people don't know the transition period, which is pretty much the big thing that we focus on of maintaining, learning to intentionally maintain weight so that you don't have to be on a diet, off a diet or gaining weight, losing weight. You can actually lose weight. Pause. I want to go to the music festival. I want to spend time with my family over Christmas and this and that. Okay, cool. Maintain my weight during those busy times. Sweet. Back into the routine. Boom. Start losing weight. That is the most undervalued thing that we do. Obviously we focus on mental and emotional health, but that transition period, you won't hear anybody talk about that on social media because it's just not sexy. Like, Hey, do you want to intentionally learn to maintain weight? People will, their first instinct will be, well, I've already maintained weight. I've hit a weight plateau. That is not maintaining weight. You hitting a weight loss plateau means that you have plateaued. It doesn't mean that you have set the intention to maintain your weight. It's just what has happened to you. You didn't set it. It's just happened. The weight loss plateau means you probably need to come out of the deficit, slowly increase your calories by 100, 200 per week or fortnight. Wait until you adapt to it, build the calories all the way up. And then when you start to hit that point of like, oh my God, I feel amazing sleeping and all this stuff is going fucking amazing. <laughs> when you start doing all of that, or you notice the scale start to creep up ever so slightly by like 100 grams this week and then 100 grams next week, then it goes, okay, cool. We are more than likely ready to go into a deficit. When you initially start eating higher calories, you will notice the scale go up by like 200 grams. And then the next week, it'll come down by 200 grams. And then you increase the calories again. It'll go up by 300 grams and then come down by 200. Then you increase the calories even more. And then it will go up by 200 and then down by 300. It's a fucking, it's a roller coaster of emotions, let me tell you that. But over that time of, let's say 10 weeks, and we're increasing our calories every by 200 every two weeks. Two weeks to adapt to an extra 200 calories. Pretty good timing. You do that again for the two weeks that follow. You do that again for the entire 10 weeks. At the end of 10 weeks, you've increased your calories by 1,000. And you're still maintaining weight the exact same way that you did before. Maybe, uh, maybe like half a kilo heavier. Mainly because your muscles and organs and everything are now properly fueled. They have the nutrients, they have the water, they have the fucking plasma, they have the red, white blood cells, they have everything in it for you to be able to feel amazing. That's the, that is the purpose of that. Now you can do that slowly or you can just jump up by a thousand straight away. Yes, the scales will jump up pretty rapidly, but then they'll start to come down and it'll be roughly the same. That's it. That is being able to go to maintenance calories and be okay with it. And it plays out like that of 
you need to set the goals that you need to set the goals that you can directly influence because having that, I know that I was, I know that was a fucking hundred percent 180 in the opposite direction, but that transition period is super important because it will help you set the goals that are actually important to you that you can directly influence. So the 1200 calorie example of smashing a gym session, then waking up heavier could be because of the period. It could be because ate something super sodium dense, super carb dense, but you were still within your numbers. Uh, like immediately before going to bed, retaining that water, you weigh in and, oh my God, I've chucked the weight on despite doing all the right things. The client that I had that ate 2000 calories went down by 700 grams the next day. She was like, what the fuck on a rest day? And I was like, yeah, that's, that's how it works. This is what's going on right now because your body is refueling, which means it takes energy to make energy. The more that you eat, the more your body is going to burn. And because it just has to, we are a furnace. We are an, a living organism furnace is the easiest way to describe it. That furnace is always adapting to what we have. If you are under fueling the furnace, it will go, okay, sweet. We're not going to chuck more fuel into all of these things like mental cognition and all this other stuff. There's no point in fueling that because we don't need it to live. It's not hundred percent necessary. So it's going to start pulling fuel from somewhere else because now it's adapting and you're still chucking stuff in the furnace, but it's not enough to fuel everything that you need. When you do have enough fuel in the furnace to fuel everything that you need, all the processes start working like normal. It also means there is enough fuel there to be used as reserves throughout the whole day. So yeah, the scales are probably going to be a little bit higher than you're typically used to being in a deficit because you have the fuel necessary to get through the day and not feel like shit. That's why. It does not mean that it's fat. It can be so many different things. You can gain muscle, lose fat, and not see a change on the scale. You can lose fat, gain muscle, and see the scale go up because of fluid retention. There are so many different things that go into like what your scale weight says as to what is actually going on in your body. So it doesn't mean that you've failed or done anything wrong. It just means that, hey, there's other, other factors at play here that are going to give you your total gravitational pull towards Earth, which is what the scales do. Oh, tight neck. So yeah, if you set the end result as 10 kilos, it's going to feel overwhelming. It's going to feel like shit, actually, because the 9.9 .9 kilos to be able to get to that 10 kilos feels like it's not worth celebrating. And like I said before, if you feel like shit getting the first six kilos, then it's going to be, oh, well, I don't really want to get the, the last four kilos because I feel terrible. So I've already lost six. That's pretty good. I'm ready to pull out of this because I don't want to feel terrible. And then you go back to doing what you were doing previously and you slowly put the weight back on and you go, oh man, what the fuck happened? That's also why. In terms of setting the better goals, still, God, where do I want to go with this? Set the end result as still, if you want to lose 10 kilos, set it as 10 kilos. I do that for clients that come on board. They say, oh, I don't want to focus on the numbers on the scale or this, that, or whatever. And I go, I completely understand that. If you don't want to do it, then absolutely we won't. If there were a number to say, like, would you say that you would like to lose maybe 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 or what would it be just to get a sense of direction for what we're after? Because someone trying to lose 30 kilos or someone saying that they would like to lose 30 kilos has a very different strategy to someone that is saying they want to lose five kilos. It's a different strategy. So for me to be able to come at this and say, okay, regardless of the person that is directly in front of me, what do, what do they want? What do they want to be able to do? Tell me what you want. And if it is just focusing on strength and just focusing on how clothes fit and this and that and all the other stuff, I have seen it time and time again, where people come in and say, I don't want to focus on weight. I just want to focus on measurements and how I feel in my clothes and this and that. And we do that. And for the first six to eight weeks, 
all the positive things are coming. They're going to the gym. They're feeling better. They're more confident. They're sleeping better. There's all these things that are moving them in the right direction. Inevitably, it will come up. I'm really happy with all the results, but I'm just not losing weight. Like, oh, I thought we weren't focusing on weight. You go, well, I'd still like to lose weight. It's like, okay, how much weight would you like to lose? And then that becomes the question of, yeah, we haven't had anything that we can quantify to be able to say we're moving in the right direction because you may feel that you're moving in the right direction, but a lot of people need that external validation to say, oh, am I actually, like, is it actually working? Am I actually losing weight? And when we say, hey, here's the 10 goals that you've outlined that you'd like to hit through coaching and you're achieving all 10 of them. They go, yeah, but I'm not losing weight. Go, yeah, you didn't outline that in the first 10. If I was like, you said you didn't want to do that, so we're not focusing on weight. That'd be counterproductive. What does the person want? Why do they want to lose weight? Why do they want to see the number coming down? That's where coaching actually starts to get into the deep root of why do you feel like this? Where is this coming from? And then it will eventually come up. Oh, I felt my best at 78 kilos, at 86 kilos, at I just want to get below 100. I just want whatever it is for the person. They will step on the scales at some point during the program to say, I just, I was curious. I just wanted to find out what it was or what it would be. And it's either, holy shit, I've lost six kilos or, oh my God, I've only lost three, four, five kilos. Oh, I thought I'd be losing more based on how much I'm feeling, uh, based on how good I'm feeling. So it can go both ways, but it's just good to understand, like if it is a weight loss goal, what is it? Is it five or 10 or 20 or 30? And if you don't want to focus on the numbers, okay, cool. What would you like to be focusing on? Is there something that you could use as an external validator to know that we're going in the right direction? That is the only reason that I use weight and people go, do I need to weigh in every single day? I'm like, yeah, if you've got the capacity to do it, do it. At a minimum, I recommend people weighing in Monday, Thursday, and Saturday morning. Monday, let's go Thursday. Thursday weigh-in will give us a recap of what's happening between Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It gives us the most typically stable days of the week. What happens between there? Because then we'll obviously have Monday weigh-in, weigh-in on the Monday. Cool. And then we weigh in on the Thursday. What happens on that Thursday between like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? What's going on there? And then between that Thursday and Saturday time, oh, I'll post these here. Where was I? Um, yes, the Thursday. So the Monday, Thursday, we obviously get that. And then from the Thursday, we understand what happens on that Thursday day, Friday day, because we're weighing in on the Saturday morning. And then when we weigh in on the Monday, that gives us the context for Saturday day, Sunday day. It, it is strategic in the way that it gives me context over how do, how do you eat, perform, weigh, do all these things? What are your habits, behaviors? What do the scales look like? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the most stable part of people's week. What happens at the end of the business week when most people are either tired or grumpy or stressed at work and they're just waiting for Friday and then that Friday happens? I get that with the Saturday way in to see the difference between them. And then that Monday weigh-in is basically, how did you go over the weekend? So it gives me that context and enough context on a weekly basis to see what's going on. And then also get an average for that because then we have three out of seven days that we can turn into an average. If you're just doing the Monday, I've said this countless times before, if you are just doing the Monday weigh-in, most people weigh in on the Monday, they go, sweet, I'm going to do so well. And Monday through Friday, they do extremely well. And they actually under eat their calories during the week because they go, I want to lose weight and I'm doing all this stuff. Gets to the weekend, they've under eaten. So then they've got more subconscious signals going through their brain to be like, oh, 
it's the weekend. You've been good. You can do all this stuff. You need to go eat. And then they let loose, quote unquote, a little bit too much. And then they wait. And then they weigh in on the Monday. And then it's just, oh my God, what the fuck have I done? I've gained a kilo over the week. What happened? And then they try to over-restrict during that week again. And they're just digging themselves into a deeper hole because they don't actually have the context as to what's happening. And if we have that context, if you weighed in on the Monday, Thursday, Saturday, shit, even just Monday, Saturday, you would be able to see Monday, cool. Saturday, cool. You're losing weight. And then on that Monday, oh my God, you've jumped up like a kilo and a half. Where has that come from? Well, you weighed in on this on the Saturday, but then you've gone up a kilo and a half. It's more than likely just the weekend. What can we do to make the weekend a lot easier? How can we be proactive about it? Do we prep our meals? Do we do this or that or whatever it is? How can we be more mindful? So then we're not focusing on oh my God, the entire week went wrong because I'm heavier on the Monday. It's okay. The problem area here was gaining a kilo and a half over the weekend. What happened on the weekend? And then we can isolate where the problem is. That's why I like having multiple days. Over time, it does also like when clients do weigh in every day, it desensitizes them to the weight fluctuations. A client could be uh, 90 kilos on Monday and then 89.9, 89.8, 9, 7, 9, 90.2, 90.3, 89.2. It goes all over the fucking place, but it gives us an average or it gives us a weekly average to be able to know what's going on. So that's why quick little rant about why I like people weighing in. It actually gives us data to know what's going on instead of just fucking winging it and going, it's probably working. We want to make sure that you're actually getting some sort of effort or return an effort or return. We want to make sure that you're getting a return for your effort. We want to make sure that the hard work that you're putting in is actually working to move us closer towards the end goal, whatever that is going to be, whatever it is going to be. It doesn't have to be weight. It can be whatever the fuck you want it to be. So setting the goals or the end goal, because you'll hit 10 kilos and go, what now? And then that's where we just come up with another goal because just live your life and just do all that stuff. You can come up with a different goal. You can come up with a different, whatever it is that you want to be doing. That's where we come up with a different intention through coaching. We come up with a purpose as to why do we want to be doing these things? What's the type of life we want to be living? Because that will actually override the end goal result. I've seen it time and time again, people hit eight kilos, 12 kilos, 15 kilos. And every single time it's like, Hey, congratulations on hitting your goal weight. Oh shit. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't even notice that. I was just chucking it all in. And I was like, Oh, where did this 79 come from? It's so wild that when people start feeling good, they just focus on the things that make them feel good and they stop focusing on the end goal result. So at least initially it's good to have that as an external validator to say, yes, this is all working. Or if or not, why is it not working and where is it not working? So then you can actually isolate the problem and do something about it instead of just like, I don't know what's happening, but I'll just keep going, not knowing anything that's going on because that will lead to more frustration than not, if that makes sense. I hope it makes sense. The better goals that I'm talking about, let's say 10 kilos is the easiest thing that I can think of right now. So if it's not this, then feel free to plug your own in here. Otherwise, DM me and we can run through it together or just go through the website, do an inquiry, jump on a call, and we can just do that shit. We can just run through it together. If you jump in and say, hey, Trav, I want to lose 10 kilos. That's the end goal result that I'm really wanting. I will then ask you a bunch of questions that are, what are preventing you from doing that? Why haven't you done it yourself? And really just painting the picture of what's held you back from doing it, because I know what it's going to take to get there. 
but now I need to customize all the knowledge in my head to suit you. What have you done in the past? Do you like the results from the stuff you've done in the past? Do you not like the results from the stuff you've done in the past? And taking all of that information to then say, like either, yes, I can help you or yes, this would make sense. Because there's been times on the call where I'm like, hey, what about all of the context and all this other stuff? And they go, it's actually going pretty good. So I'm like, okay, it sounds like things are going really good. Maybe you don't actually need me. And they go, yeah, I didn't actually think about a few things you said on the call there. So yeah, I think I'm okay. I've had people not sign up with coaching because I've said, do this instead for a week or a month and see how you go. Message them a month later and they go, hey, yeah, it's going amazing. It can just be that. It can just be a simple little unlock and then everything's good. But usually during that time, it's me having to take everything that's in my head and instead of giving you basic general TikTok, Instagram information, I can actually specifically tell you, this is, this is your biggest problem. This is the biggest thing. And this is what it's going to be for us to be able to move forward with that. And this is what it would roughly look like. That's why I like getting on the call with people, because while I am confident that I'll be able to change most people's lives, I don't know what it looks like yet. And I don't want to spend the first week or two on the program getting to know you to be like, hey, what are you after? Like, what are you actually here for? I've got your questionnaire, but like, who are you? <laughs> I want to get to know the people before we sign up and commit to working together for six months. So it just makes more sense. Plus, if I can help you save thousands of dollars by just going, focus on this for the next next week, see how you go. Oh my God, yeah, that changed everything. Fucking win-win. I get to do my job. I get to tell people, hey, I changed this person's life in a 45-minute phone call, a 60-minute phone call. And that just feels really good. Saves you a lot of money. And obviously, you're going to refer people to me because if I did that in a week, who knows what I can do in six months? So that's really fun. The goals that we're after for the end result of losing 10 kilos. Once I've got all that context, you would obviously know the context better than me, but I tend to ask really good questions to get that context out of you. Once you know that context, set the things, set the goals as the things that are holding you back. I know that sounds counterproductive, but if you really struggle with snacking, how do you get out of snacking? Or why do you snack? Ask the questions around what your issues are, what your constraints are. Why do you snack? What's going on? When do you usually snack? When you ask, when you answer, wow. When you answer all of those questions, you're pretty much already painting a picture of what it's going to take for you to be able to get out of that. For the majority of people, it's having high protein at lunch and having meals actually ready and being organized or prepped in some fashion. You don't have to have a complete meal plan or 10 weeks of, or 10 day, 10 weeks, that'd be fucking heaps. 10 days of prep all frozen, ready to go, all this stuff. Don't have to. It could just be the day ahead. Cook enough dinner to have it as lunch. Boom, there's your lunch sorted. For your snack, pick something that you like to like to snack on or that you think will be worth it at 3 p.m. when you typically get like the most hunger coming through you. That was a terrible sentence. <laughs> when you typically get snacky, when you're crashing because maybe you're finishing work soon, have something around then if you're able to. Just a quick little snack. So then you go, I've got lunch at 12 snack at three, home at six for dinner, pretty much when I get home, whatever it's going to be. So then you're regulating your meals. So then the goal is to prepare your lunches. The goal isn't to stop snacking because all of these things are leading you to snack. So let's fix the things that lead you to snacking in the first place. The goal, if you want to stop snacking, the goal is to prepare your lunches. The goal is not to stop snacking. I hope this is making sense. The goal for losing 10 kilos 
what do you have to do to lose 10 kilos? Well, uh, this will be the most stock standard answer. Well, I'd have to you know, track my calories, do all that and prepare my meals and go to the gym five days a week and increase my steps and all of those things. Yes, it can lead to weight loss. And if you did all of those things, yeah, it probably would lead to weight loss. I'm willing to bet you say those things because they've worked for weight loss in the past. Taking all of that into account of the things that you've done or what you think it's going to take for you to get to the 10 kilos, we then set them as the goal with a small little caveat of setting them as the goal with what is realistic for you, with what you actually have the capacity for. This is 100% going to have to be more multiple podcasts. <laughs> You're going to need to set the goals as what do you have the capacity for? Every single time I get a questionnaire from someone, I want to work out five, six days a week and I message them. If someone wants it and they've got the capacity, fantastic. That's exactly what I'll plan for. But if someone says, I want to work out five, six days a week, I go, okay, is it five or six? What do you have the capacity to do? And then from there, the goal is, yeah, if someone wants to be working out five, six days a week, cool. I will absolutely let them do that if they have the capacity for it. Every single questionnaire that I get from someone, they're giving me the answers that they think they should. And I always run back to them to say, hey, should I be planning for five, six days a week? Or do you think like, like, what do you think is realistic for you to stick to? And they'll go, oh, three would be good to start with. That would be easy. I know I can get that. Four would be a little bit of a stretch. Five would be if I'm like ultra in it. And I know that people really want to commit and they want to give me the answers so that I can be like, yeah, this person is super ultra committed and they can do all these things. And I know that they're in. Listen, I know that you're in. I know that you're committed. You've paid me a lot of money to be able to do these things. So in, in that sense, I don't doubt your commitment because you're already here. I'm already building a program for you. That's why I ask so many fucking questions in the beginning because I want to make sure I'm not that person that just repeats the same mistakes of like, oh yeah, go six days a week because you said that you could do six days a week and not asking the questions. That's where I come in and get the majority of my quote unquote, life-changing results by actually giving you what you need and want and have the capacity to. It's a 50-50 need and want, but it is 100% what you can do. I'm not going to give you shit that I don't think you can do because that would just be stupid. It's like, have you been to the gym before? No. Okay, sweet. Here's Olympic lifts. Go for it. It wouldn't make sense. And if someone was like, oh, I'm, I have gym anxiety and this and that, um, like fucking first off, everybody has gym anxiety. So that's a bad example. The, it would be getting used to it, but I'm not going to be like, hey, go into, <clears throat> go into the free weight section, claim your space, be a boss woman and do this. I'm not going to send someone out there by themselves to just be like, hey, uh, that thing, the super motivational thing that we spoke about, uh, you have to go do it now. You have to live it. You have to prove it to me that you can do this. I wouldn't do that. It would be a slow introduction. Show up at the gym. That would be the first thing that we focus on. Do your warm up, do that stuff. And then I'd program you for something to be in the small corner for a mat with dumbbells that you can sort of have your own little space without heaps of mirrors around. That's where we're going to start. And then from there, maybe two, three weeks, or you start to feel good. I might be like, hey, I've included this machine because it's going to be really good. You do your normal workout, but then you have to look out to the floor to be like, okay, where is this machine? Where am I going to find it? When that starts to feel really good, I'm going to take out some more of those floor exercises, put more machines in. As you can tell, by the time we finish this, you'll have a full machine program that you'll know what to do. From there, we do the exact same thing. You've got your full machine set up. Here's a free weight thing that I want you to do. It's pretty easy. Go find this. Here's the instructions and videos and all the fun stuff. 
just give that a go. And that's basically where we start. So it's just whatever you have the capacity for currently. And then we move closer to the end result. But the goal that I want you to focus on is basically that next step. The goal is the thing that we can actually directly influence because you can't, you can't influence 10 kilos. If you wake up on Wednesday to go to the gym at 5 a.m., it's cold, it's wet, it's rainy, and you're like, man, I cannot wait to get to the gym so that I can fucking make progress on losing 10 kilos, only nine more to go. That's not going to motivate anyone. <laughs> That's going to be fucking counterproductive. You'd be like, man, I've got to do this. I've got nine kilos to, do, to go. I lost a kilo last week. Like that was cool, I guess. But even then I've got nine more weeks of this shit. All of a sudden it's like too overwhelming. It's too much to focus on. And towards the end, it will start feeling like a light at the end of the tunnel. Instead of, I want to go to the gym because it makes me feel good. I want to move my body like this. I like the way that this, this, this. And the goal is I just have to go to the gym. I just have to get the cardio done. I don't have to smash out the entire workout. I can just go and do cardio if I really want to. The goal is just to show up and tag in at the gym. That is it. You can directly influence that by getting out of bed. You cannot directly influence losing 10 kilos by getting out of bed. Some would argue that you would have a better chance of being a Willy Wonka parent and staying in bed, burning calories all that day, not eating and just fucking staying there. That's called incredibly unhealthy and probably a medical issue. <laughs> but I hope this is making sense to not set your focus or intention on just the end goal. Set it on the stepping stones that it will actually take for you to reach that end goal. And then when you achieve the end goal, it's like, oh, amazing, sweet. That was a byproduct of doing all these things that I now love and have as a healthy habit. Hopefully they compound over time so that you can actually feel really good about what you're doing. And it's just something that you do and something that you live and you don't have to be like, oh, I've hit 10 kilos. Fantastic. Now I can have a break. You're so focused on going to the gym because it makes you feel good. You're so focused on getting high protein because you love how it makes you feel. It's doing the positive things for a positive reason and a positive outcome as opposed to I'm going to hate myself into losing 10 kilos. And then when I do that, thank fuck that's over. Go back to doing what you've done in the past. So set better goals is where I'm at right now. If you can set better goals as a stepping stones and things that you can directly influence, you are going to achieve your goals a lot better, a lot quicker, and usually a lot more sustainably as well. It's, you know, quick is subjective. I don't really like quick results because that's just me because I know what they lead to over time. But some people can lose a kilo a week. It's not recommended. Most people don't. And I don't usually, I don't recommend it. Even to people that do lose a kilo a week, I don't recommend it. But if they're ticking every single box in terms of sleeping, movement, food quality, like everything is moving up and they're not burning out, then it's cool. If I can't spot any red flags, then I'm like, sweet, just keep doing what you're doing because it's obviously working. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, let's, let's bump these calories up a little bit. Let's do this. Let's do these other things to get you to where we want to go. So it's not like a bell curve of you going all the way up, hitting that peak and being like, man, I feel fucking amazing. And then trying to like on your way down from the other end of the bell curve, just trying to stick to it as best that you can. We want to sort of hit that bell curve, come down a little bit, notice that it's there and then start going back up. We don't want to get all the way to the bottom or close to the bottom and then go, okay, yeah, that's pretty shit. Let's make a difference. We want to make that difference when we start to notice the decline. And 
fortunately having myself or Laura as a coach, we know where that decline comes and how it's going to get displayed. So then we can be super proactive about it so that when you reach the peak, we can go, sweet, now let's do this so that it just keeps going up from that peak instead of having to go all the way down by yourself and then go, oh, fuck, what do I do? Reach out, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, bunch of random fucking Google searches and then go, probably this, and it may or may not work. So yeah, set better goals. God damn it. <laughs> That's what you get. That's what you get for the, for the finale of this episode is set better goals. End results are just there to make sure that you're moving in the right direction. The actual goals that I want you to focus on are what it will take with the capacity that you have to move you closer towards your end goal. So I hope that all made sense. If not, DM me, book in a call, do whatever. But I really hope that made sense. And if it did make sense, feel free to like, share, sub subscribe, follow. I don't, I don't know where you're listening or what it is, but all of that stuff is completely free. It'll take you five seconds and it helps push this podcast out to the people that I suppose are needing to hear it, that maybe don't follow us on Instagram, TikTok, because we don't promote the podcast that much. It's something that we typically just give to clients to be like, hey, we did a podcast on this. Here it is. Go listen to it. And yeah, all of that would mean the world to me. So thank you very much for listening and doing all the things. And I'll see you in the next one.